Hey, sis. Thank you for listening to the She Leads podcast series, A Journey in Leadership. Join me as I sit with a few amazing women who are walking in their purpose, taking care of people, owning their leadership styles, and dropping priceless jewels along the way. No matter where you are in your leadership journey, I can guarantee you that you are going to pick up some tips, some tools, and overall enjoy some good conversation about women in leadership. With that being said, go ahead and grab your favorite drink and some note-taking material. Are you ready to go? Let's ride. Hey sis, welcome to today's episode of She Leads. The purpose of this series is to highlight women leaders and their journey. So sis, I'm excited about this She Leads podcast episode series because my goal, as I stated, is to highlight women leaders and their journey. And I'm excited to sit down with Lieutenant Colonel Tommy Grant. So for this episode, based off of our relationship and how we connect and communicate with each other, (laughs) I am so ready for you to hear from Tommy. So according to her bio, Lieutenant Colonel Tommy Grant has served 21 years in the Air Force as a force support officer. She is a two-time commander, mortuary officer, and has worked at every echelon in her career field from the Pentagon to Korea and Germany. She has also deployed four times, serving twice, uh, being in Afghanistan and once to Iraq. She is currently the Deputy Division Chief for Accessions, EO, and Workforce Development at the Air Force Personnel Center here in the San Antonio, Texas area. So (laughs) ma'am, before we start, I just want to say thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to allow me to interview you for the podcast. Um, Like I say, when I was making my list, I was like, oh yes, 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 yes. She has to be on here. I have to ask because I love your leadership. You are very personable, very caring, um, and you're just yourself. And I wanted other women to know that they can still lead, be a human, be personable, still be dope, and still get the job done. So thank you so much for being here today. Ah, thank you. I'm excited to uh, be here as well. So with that being said, everybody, uh, I picked this particular topic because we are breaking barriers, we're exceeding expectations, and we're shattering those glass ceilings. And as with anything, it takes a lot of work as a leader. And I've said this in previous episodes, I feel like it takes even more work as a woman leader just based on the fact that, let's be honest, a lot of these workspaces were originally not built for us. So now we're sitting in conference rooms and in boardrooms and we're giving presentations and we're doing all of these different things in these areas that were male dominated. So ma'am, for the people that are listening, and of course, 
we've already stated what industry you're in. Tell us how long you've been with the organization and how long you've been leading. Because I know it says that you've been in for 21 years, but I can say on the enlisted side, we don't really start leading until we're like maybe four to six years in, just depending on uh, your career path. But I know for officers, it's a little different. Yes. So can you tell us a, a little bit about that? Well, okay. Uh, yes. Um, for officers, we are, we're, we're expected to come in leading, like th that is the expectations when we graduate, um, we are trained yes. to be leaders. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that we know how to be leaders when we come in. Uh, thankfully, I will say this, and I'm glad that you pointed that out, is usually uh, for many of us, I know, especially for me, we have wonderful enlisted members who actually teach us how to be leaders if we are are good students and in my case I did I had a lot of wonderful enlisted leaders um God rest her soul Virginia Wade was one of my first tech sergeants uh that showed me uh, the respect that was due me as an officer because I am pretty much a laid-back person because of how I grew up I'm mm -hmm. I didn't take things as a big deal, but I remember she was the first one at Maxwell Air Force Base and we're walking, she and I were walking and uh, a young airman walked past me and they didn't salute me mm -hmm. because being an officer, enlisted members are you know required to salute you. It's part yeah. of a respect thing. It wasn't a big deal to me, but it was my tech sergeant that stopped everything. <laughs> and she went, hey, airman, come back. You just walked past an officer and you didn't, um, you didn't salute her. And I was, I remember being a little bit uncomfortable, but um, she, not only was she kind of showing me, hey, this is the respect that's due you. Let me add, Virginia Wade was also a black female. Mm -hmm. um, and she, in her NCO role, so that airman, no, you, you don't do that. And, and it, and it might've been, and I'm going to say, obviously, maybe they just weren't paying attention, but yeah. even in that, she was like, well, you need to have situational awareness. Right. So she taught them that, but I had those type of senior NCOs that always said, I got you. Mm -hmm. And I learned how to use my NCOs to teach me and um, I was blessed enough for them to allow me to lead. Thank you for sharing that in that story, because I feel like we have to show people in, when we're in leadership, and it's not in a demanding way, but we have to show people respect the position, right? But also right. respect me as a person. Um, and because I know you, right, um, working for you and working with you, I don't know. I'd just be like, man, she is just awesome. <laughs> like, I would never, <laughs> I would have never pictured that happening. But of course, you know, when people, we don't know what we don't know. So like you said, the Aaron could have been distracted or what have you. But I appreciate your NCO enough to where she valued you as a leader to make sure that you got what you deserve, right? 
Yes, and, and let me add something. Um, and I know this might be very uh, contrary to what <laughs> other people would say, but it wasn't. It wasn't my um, the people over me or above me that taught me how to be a leader. Yes, it was those that were um, my, my subordinates. It was those that taught me what they needed. Mm -hmm. And that's how I ended up honing, because I was uncomfortable. I was very uncomfortable with it early right. on because I am an introvert because we've talked about this before. Yes, so being an introvert uh, and watching other leaders and just with any, I think, career field, there's usually, as you stated, it's usually a male dominated career field. So you want that alpha person. Like uh, usually the people... Um, we've been taught that people who are successful are those that go out and take it, right. they go out and grab it. So I told for probably years, several years in my leadership style and what I perceived was how a leader should be mm. from watching my other counterparts. And usually they were male counterparts. Um, you made a really good point. Um, having been a commander, uh, usually I'm trying to think with the last time I was a commander, I was the only female. Mm -hmm. Well, the first time I was a commander, I was the only female right. and the only African-American. Uh, the second time I was a commander, um, I, well, I was the only female the first time within my group. So it right. was, it was seven of us. I was the only female, the only African-American, but my our leader who was over us, she happened to be female. The second time in the entire group of, I think it was maybe about 60 of us, there were mm -hmm. only three women and right. I was the only black. So I, I say that to say that I'm used to being in rooms that don't look like me. Right. I'm used to having to sit there and navigate. And um, I think we, we usually call it like the code switching because yes. I've always had to assimilate into to other areas right and that is that has really been a challenge early on it, it it really was a challenge so over these 21 years I've had to grow into myself and become comfortable with me mm. so <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna be able to stay on track with these questions okay. ma'am because no, we <laughs> we got some stuff <laughs> so get into this yes so we're talking about learning from others right and then your personal experiences of being the only person that in the room that looks like you or maybe one of few um the same gender or what have you so what i want to start with how have those experiences shape your personal mission and vision as a leader because you've had to get comfortable with your leadership style you may not look like everyone else and you're introverted as well right so like you said some of your examples in leadership were men and maybe they were louder or more assertive because you know our word choice is important mm -hmm. <laughs> how how does that shape your personal mission and vision when you're taking care in, of and leading people? 
Oh gosh, that that is that's really good. Um, let me let me add how it has personally shaped me. Mm-hmm. Um, having not had anyone in my family who was an officer in the military, not really knowing anything about the military, my vision for being a leader in the military was, and I'm gonna say very limited. I, I think it I, I think it was. Um, exceptional because my goal was to be a commander and I didn't pass being a commander. So as a young Lieutenant, because you start off as a Lieutenant, um, my only goal was to command. I didn't see past that. Uh, That to me was the epitome. Um, Let's add that when you're at a, at a military base, the commanders, you know, who's in command because they have their pictures on the walls. So you will see the president, Mm-hmm. You will see um, the you'll see the Secretary of Defense. You will see uh, the who's over the Air Force. You'll see mm-hmm. um, who's over the installation, who's over their base. Yes. And then you will see who's commanding that unit. Mm-hmm. Um, nine times out of ten, it was a wall of white men. Right. Um. I, I never had, I've had some good, let me add, I've had some good supervisors. I've never had any mentors. I never had anybody to come to me at an early age and say, you need to do this, 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 and this. I've never had it. Um, so what I had to do or what I realized is, is that what became important to me was to make sure that those I was over, particularly um younger officers is to make sure they got that from me mm-hmm. because it was never given to me. So I always tried not to be that person that said, Oh, well, since I didn't get it, I'm not going to give it. No, right. it was always, it was, it was always the opposite. Right. Um, so uh, particularly my heart has always been with females because uh, let's also add one of the things that I would hate hearing and I didn't understand it. I would hate it when I heard a female say, I don't like working for women. Mm. Or anybody say, I don't like working for women. And right. I'd be like, why? Like, why? I've never, not one time ever heard anyone say, I don't like working for men. The expectation <laughs> is that you'll always work for a man, but right. it's optional to work for a woman. And then when you get into it and they say, well, why? Well, females are really emotional or, I mean, the reasoning was, was always very, um, it always seemed very backwards to me because everything they would say, I was like, well, I've experienced that in my male supervisors. Right. <laughs> I, I, so I, so I, I never, I never understood that. So one of the things I always wanted was, okay. Obviously, we as females have a whole different set of rules or establishment of things right. on us. Because as you said, it's expected for a man to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. But for a female, then what? We're just bossy or, right. you know, other terms that are being used for us. Um, so I always wanted it to be seen, particularly in my young female officers. And mm-hmm. I will even go so far as to say my young African-American officers. I always, whenever, I remember the first time I became a commander, I did. I I walked them on the halls 
And I said, look, this is one of your goals. And I point to those pictures hmm. is to have your picture up here. Man. People need to see people who look like us. The second time I was in command and I didn't understand necessarily the weight of it uh-huh. until I had people afterwards who would come whisper to me and say, oh, I'm so glad you're here. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And I, and, and I remember <laughs> the first time I was like, do I know you? And then it was like, no, but it was awesome for them to see someone who looked like me. One of the reasons I even went natural mm-hmm. was because I had a lot of junior officers, or I'm sorry, mm-hmm. junior, junior members who they were having issues with their hair. And a lot of the males didn't understand why they needed time off to get their hair done. I even remember talking to my male counterparts because they were like, well, they can just take their day of leave to, to get, because we were this, I'm sorry, let me add, we were in a deployed location. Right. So in a, in a deployed location, usually you only got one day or an afternoon off. So yes. they wanted them to take their afternoon off to go get their hair done. And now we know how long all of this wonderfulness takes. <laughs> yes, um, <I> am. <laughs> and I and I told them. So I ended up having it. First of all, I'm glad that I had. Uh, so this is where it comes into building relationships. Yes, ma'am. Where you do have to assimilate. Where you do have to get the respect of your peers. So I did. I have some some of my white male. Um, other commanders, uh, co-workers to come to me and to ask the question. So I was glad they were receptive of this saying, yes. hey, why can't they just go get their hair done on their day off? Right. And I said, okay, but do you take your time off to go get your, your haircut? And they were like, well, no, but mine only takes 20 minutes. Okay, but that's something you do every week. <laughs> and oh, by the way, I said, this isn't, fun or downtime this is how we stay in regulation one so for me this is a duty this is part of our duty one two understand that we'll keep this up for two months so the time that we go out for three four hours one time every two months you're doing it once some of you guys are doing it twice a week on the job so (laughs) is that really fair you know so but it was a paradigm shift so I, I took those things on as a way to, to help females. And it wasn't just Blacks, let me add. Just, it was females, period. Because yes, we have other standards that we have to stay, uh, that we have to maintain as well. And I was glad that I was able to represent that. Yes. So I don't even know if I really answered the question. So you did. <laughs> It was just in a different way because I asked, how did your personal experiences um, that you had already encountered go into your personal mission and vision? Yes. (laughs) You did. And that example, that answered it because I like the fact how you walked your junior officers down the hall and say, look, I need you to representation is important this should be your goal right because i can even tell you from an enlisted perspective um and what hit so hard was when you said i didn't have no mentors i didn't have anybody to guide me and tell me this but yet you were doing that for them 
And it's, it's just crazy to hear that because initially when I joined, I didn't have that, but I had a couple of old schools, what I like to call them. Right. Hey, come here. They saw something in me and said, this is what I need you to do. And this is how you get there. Because having that guide is important. It is very, yes. Yeah. So I appreciate the fact that you didn't turn into a bitter Betty (laughs) and say, (laughs) I didn't get it. So you're not going to get it. Because unfortunately in leadership, sometimes those are the type of leaders we run into. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> all, the, all the time. You, you, you're exactly right. Yes. And then when you are one of those leaders who, I'm an open book. Tell me what you need. Let's go get it. People look at you like, what? Wait a minute. What do you mean? <laughs> and I'll be honest with you. I give it away because I'm not always going to be here. <laughs> yes. And I need you to know. So thank you for um, giving your experience sharing your experiences because instead of you pushing folks away you have embraced them and said let me show you let me tell you let me teach you and that is so important in leadership that we give people that because we're not always gonna be here (laughs) oh absolutely (laughs) so thank you so much for that so the next question with your and I think you kind of touched on it because the next question was within your organizations and work centers what type of feedback do you receive or have you received when you have been that transparent open book I'm willing to share this is how you get there um uh, you mean the what I've received or what I give out? What you give out? Okay. Yes, ma'am. Um, so, going back to what we what what I had said earlier of having to finally come into myself and being comfortable with my own leadership style, um, I will also say I am not a. I know this is going to sound really contrary to to be a leader because most people say, hey, leaders lead from the front. I I don't lead from the front. Mm. I choose to lead from the back. I'm not a, I choose to push my people. Mm. Um, I, I add that again, earlier on, there were probably a couple instances where I tried to to be what I saw my counterparts be, mm-hmm. but it didn't work for me at all because mm-hmm. I wasn't being my true authentic self. I, in order to be anything, even if it's a leader, right. I think you have to know what you bring to the table. Mm. You got to know what you are. So one of my, um, one of my favorite books, and I think I've shared this one, this book with you before, is uh, now discover your strengths. Um, so, uh, uh, and I've done this book probably in the last 15, maybe even 20 years. And I've taken the test from this book that'll give you at least your top five strengths. And I've taken this test probably six, seven times over a 20 year period. And my number one strength has never changed. <laughs> it's mm. never changed. And that is harmony. And, mm. and 
And I said, Kent. And I remember going, what is her, like, what kind of trait is that when I first had it? Until, until I learned and I honed in because I think being a leader is also very introspective. You got to know, you got to know, you know what you bring to the table. So um, for me, what I am very good at Mm -hmm. is I know how to build teams. I know how to do that. So I had to come in and instead of saying, hey, let me be the visionary and let me tell people what I see. Now, mind you, uh, sometimes that could be overrated because we're in an organization that already has a vision. Right. (laughs) So we already know what that is. But um, what I've learned that... um, I've been able to do is with my strengths is, is that I've been able to build teams where people feel comfortable in the environment they're in to be their best selves. Like that's my mission is for you to be the best version of you because when people feel comfortable, when they're in a good space, productivity automatically happens. It is automatically, um, uh, great. Now, am I saying that, is it always going to be perfect? Absolutely not. But even with the organization that we're in, from when I arrived with the leader that we formerly had to the leader that we have now, it is a totally different space. Yes. Because you can tell, and that's not because uh, our leader, we see him every day, we talk to him every day, but he set the standard for our organization and it has made it very comfortable. And I try to do, I try to do the same, right? Or, you know, that's my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so depending on where I am in an organization, for instance, when I was a commander, I had a lot of more dr- junior troops, mm-hmm. uh, more, more junior people. So um, I had to shift my leadership style a a little but I never ever shifted my vision it Mm -hmm. always came back to that so I say that to say that when you have a younger group of people maybe I had to motivate them a little more but at the end of the day it was still about them coming into themselves and being able to get the job done now I am with a more mature group I don't have to motivate you guys. You guys are amazing. You know what you need to do. But at the same time, I, I always still want to make um, who I'm leading to feel valued. They all yes. always have to know that. And my hope is, is that when, when people see this type of leadership, that they'll want to, imp, um, they'll want to um, also kind of follow, follow it, yes. that, that they'll want to use it for, for their people as well. <laughs> oh, thank you. That uh, I just I just get so excited, right? When you hear the leadership tips and experiences that are not always highlighted in different arenas, right? And you talk about leading from behind. And we always hear the term, lead from the front, lead from the front. A true leader leads from the front. And it's not to discount that because there are times where you do have to lead from the front. But the beauty of leading from behind and pushing your people into their greatness and seeing that, 
be the example and the outcome, I just, I think that's amazing. I just always get excited about that because it's not, you don't have to always be out front. You can be that quiet leader in the back who's paying attention to your people yeah. and you know what drives them and motivates them and what their strengths are and just being able to push them into um, their destiny. I think that is so amazing. So thank you for sharing that. Yes. So that way people don't get it twisted. You can leave from behind and still be impactful. Right. And I think it goes back to the definition of when we say lead from the front, it's it's like, well, you know, hey, yeah, let's not get it twisted. Uh, I'm going to always cover my people. Yeah, this is shot that has to be taken. Yeah, I'll I'll take that shot. But I say that leading from the front, uh, leading from the front standard of I've unfortunately had a lot of people that they were very me. So if the organization did something, it was because I. You're right. I was so great a leader that it, that it happened when let's get it real. That's not how it happens that there's already greatness happening already. You know, it, it's the difference between uh, a leader, like let's say if it's a, a briefing the general of, I know some people, they would never let their people go brief the general. It's like, well, no, no, no. You got to get me smart so I can do it because so I can be seen. Right. Hey, sir, let me let you, the smartest person on that topic happens to be the most junior person I have. And they can tell this to you in a way, you know, being that support and pushing them so that the spotlight is on them. The spotlight doesn't always have to be on you. Right. Mm. I love it. I love it. Oh, man, I hope y'all writing this down, folks. Like, and I say that because sometimes when you're leading and it doesn't seem like something is working, you may need to change your approach. Yes. Yes. I think it is. Oh, my gosh. And I'm so glad you said that. Um, because when we talk about our leadership styles and everything, uh, just like I mentioned, based on the organization that I was in, my leadership style had to, had to switch. I had a more junior audience. I have a more mature audience. You don't have to lead. Like, and when I was in command, I didn't have to do this. I don't have to do the same thing being a staff officer as I did being a commander. Right. Uh, again, the essence of us will never change. I, I truly believe that. However, how we do things, we may have to tweak that. And yeah. I think it's important to know what motivates your people, yeah. what your people need that will, um, that will help them produce. And, and like we were just saying, get to their greatness. And that's you a know, strength too, being able yeah. to see that. And what I want to hit on real quick is that communication piece, right? Because in order to know your strengths, I need to talk to you. I need to watch you. I need to ask you. Let's have a... And then the other thing is that pushing people into their greatness, it's that what motivates you? Yes. Right? Because I could think all day, oh, let me write this awards package. Let me give you this and that. And your motivation may be the fact that you, that I don't bother you for three hours a day so you can, and then you will come to me and let me know what you need or don't need from me. (laughs) Or you may be the one 
who likes to get up and brief and be the knowledge of the work center okay well let me go ahead and put you out front so you can go ahead and do these things and i just think that's an important piece about knowing your people and being able to push them from behind or lead from behind is knowing what motivates them sometimes we get we forget about that too like my motivation is to and i'm a team type of leader right mm -hmm where I want to get your opinion. I want to know what you think about this. And I'll be honest, that's a weakness for me as well, because I, while I'm trying to gather everyone's thoughts, the clock is ticking. <laughs> but I have to know that maybe you're not motivated by team stuff, and I need to just let you be. Yes. Okay, go ahead. But I'll pull you in when I need to pull you in. So Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, and, and, and it's just one other thing I, I will add. Um, mm -hmm. I remember years ago, I had a supervisor to say this because something was bothering me. Again, this mm -hmm. was before I kind of came into myself and learned to, to speak and be okay with my voice. Mm, man. Okay with sharing my voice. So something I remember, and, and I don't know, I think I was probably a young captain or whatever, but something was bothering me. So I kind of did my little Baptist finger tipped in <laughs> to ask my boss. And, and I remember asking the question, but then pulling it back because I was like, well, it's not really important. I don't even remember what it was. It's not really important. I'm just kind of curious, but it's not important. I remember doing that. And I remember my supervisor, I think it was a concurrence, but I just remember him saying, Tommy, if it wasn't important, you wouldn't have brought it up. So obviously this is important to you. And I was like, oh, and, and that kind of reminded me that, yeah, my voice actually does like, this is important to me, but I didn't think it would be important to him. So I tried to downplay it. So that's something I always try to watch for is my my people who that they're always kind of in the shadow going oh i'll just do whatever and i know they will but something i had to accept even in my introverted self who don't want the spotlight don't want anything every person on some level every person wants to be appreciated and celebrated yep doesn't necessarily mean that you have to fly a flag for them and put them because some people get embarrassed. Like don't put me right. in front of everybody. But even if it's a writing a little card to say, good job, yeah. say something. And some people that's all they need. Like, Oh, they, mm -hmm. see me. they see me. And these are things that again, I, I take things very um, again, being very introspective and if it's something that I hadn't had myself, I definitely try to give it out because I know that um, it can mean a lot to someone. It, it really could because even at my rank and, and where I am, when I've had my bosses come in and say, yep, you're past the, the season of getting awards and all that thing, but no, you're truly valued. Right. Thank you for what you're doing. And you know what? That makes my heart like, oh. And and of course I might even do the oh not a problem. <laughs> but it still feels good. It right. does. And we have to realize that that it makes people feel good 
to be told that they're doing a good job. Yeah. So, no, I just wanted to add that. <laughs> Always appreciate and celebrate your people in some form of fashion. Thank you for that. I totally agree. So ma'am, we kind of talked about the mentorship piece earlier and, you know, you said you didn't have mentors and I want to go in a different direction. Mm -hmm. As a leader, as someone who has led for a long time, how have you been able to, I guess, decompress? Do you have a squad? Do you have a tribe? Do you have a sister circle? Like, what does that look like for you? Because we hear it, oh, it's lonely at the top when you're a leader, or don't vent down, or, you know, those different things. So as someone who is in a higher level of leadership, what does your circle and your support system look like? Um, so I do. I, I have a wonderful tribe and I, I love I love that term. Um, I have a wonderful tribe of um, girlfriends that I can talk to who, uh, and, and most of them like that are other officers that, that I talk to who are Army, uh, uh, Air Force, but different career fields and and we, we vent a lot and, and we help each other a lot. Um, and I'm just so grateful to have them. But I also um, see a therapist every week. I have someone that mm -hmm. I talk to. Mm. Um, and, and that's something that I'm so glad that, or at least I hope it is, becoming uh, we're destigmatizing Right. Mental health. Mm -hmm. um, and we hear that because instantly people say, well, mental health that, oh, that means, oh, you're crazy. No, mental health is just like physical health. It is. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that 20 years ago. I didn't know that uh, 10 years ago, or even five years ago, how important it was. Because like you said, hey, as a leader, you got to be able to carry it and show that you're strong and mm -hmm. that you can bear the burden as a female leader. I had to be able to, um, I, I have to share this story mm -hmm. that, that happened, um, while I was in command. Um, again, something that is with, with female leaders, mm -hmm. um, the weight that we have as women mm -hmm. can be astronomical. Right. And I'm sorry and, and I say this because I've said this to my male counterparts as well. They, they don't have the same weight. A uh, couple examples. Once I, I got to, to meet with a um, celebrity and his family because while I was in command and, and we were driving and I had the, the commander. This is while I was deployed. Mm -hmm. and his wife was there and the other commanders were there. I was the only female in everything. And, and uh, our, my general, he was like, yeah, we're over here for a year and everything. And the wife, she looked at me while there were other commanders and everything there. And she said, oh, she was like, oh my gosh. So you guys are here for, for a year. Like, are you, at the time I was married and I had a son and she was like, you left your child, you left your baby. 
there's no way I could do that. Oh, mm. and I smiled and I was polite and I said, well, this is, this is part of the job. This is what we do. We're serving our country. Now, later on, I realized the men who also left their wives and left their kids, they weren't asked, how could you do that? Like, oh my God, <laughs> right. the expectation is always on a woman because yeah. you're leaving your family because not only are we working, mm -hmm. but then we're expected to somehow miraculously still be a housewife and mother and all those other things. Like those things still don't go away. <laughs> um, yeah during one particular time and I, and, and, and I, I'm glad I, I feel very transparent uh, mm -hmm. and I like to be transparent. I think it's important for leaders to be transparent with um, their own vulnerabilities because it helps people. Right. Um, I had my leadership. Um, I was going through my divorce mm -hmm. while I was also still in command, but I also had two fellow commanders who were also going through divorces um, one of them, and these were male, crying on my couch because it, it was hard, you know. So these are the things that nobody else knows that you're mm -hmm. able to share with your fellow commanders. Well, I needed to leave about a week early, just a week from command. Mm -hmm. um, so I shared this with my leadership and I ended up um, being called in by my senior leaders who all happen to be male, all happen to be white males. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to check on me to see if I was okay. Cause they were worried about me. And it was the most uncomfortable <laughs> experience I ever had. Uh, and, and I don't doubt that in their sincerity, maybe they thought they were doing a good thing. Right. Uh, walked through the process I left and the, the other two males I knew I went to them afterwards and I said what happened when you met with the with leadership about going through a divorce they didn't talk to me about that they didn't call you in to <laughs> to, to, to tell you that maybe because you're trying to do it all that maybe that's why your divorce failed. It was, it was, um, oh it, it was one of those times I realized really being a woman and in leadership, how different. Yeah. yeah. It, is. yeah. it was, um, and it was something I, I got to be honest, I never ended up addressing it, but I just remember having a lot of anger about that. Right. A lot of, um, especially because I had done such an amazing job mm -hmm. as in my position. Um, I was going through life things that every person was going through and to be singled out and then to be made to feel less than. Right because I was failing in this area while the rest of them still got to be touted and told that, oh, they were great. Then later on and talking to one of the other females, she was like, one of our leaders, he's been divorced twice. <laughs> like, <really? laughs> but the 
funny part, but nobody knew about it. It's like, what? So it, it, it so, so it, it, it's important to have your tribe. Mm-hmm. It's important to normalize some things. Not that, of course, you never want relationships. That was just an example. Mm-hmm. But it's important for us as leaders to let people know that we all go through things. This is mm-hmm. just a part of life. So um, it is important for me, and not just me, but our leader. So now to be in a place where we have a leader who even talked about, now my boss actually said, Hey, I went through a divorce and I had to see a counselor. Right. And he didn't just tell me this. He told our entire section. Yeah. Like this almost broke me. Yeah. And I was a male who felt like I couldn't talk to anybody. Right. Because I had to remain strong. And he said that. And then our other senior enlisted leader said, I'm in counseling. Then I was like, we're all, in, I mean, you know, and, and it's not necessarily even because there's anything drastically wrong, but we realized that it's important to have a safe space where you can release the things that are going with you. And the reason I always say a counselor, because let's be honest, sometimes I think we can feed off of each other, um, positively but also negatively so sometimes people may be going through things and they will um they will respond or advise out of their own emotions so that's why i say it's always important to have a professional someone who (laughs) can help you focus on okay is this right for me right right for my family right uh and again i definitely don't take away from um i don't take away from being able to uh uh talk and communicate with your tribe um Mm -hmm. and i say this that even with that because you're part of my tribe like Mm -hmm. i remember when i was going through through that and to be at a point of being a leader where i have people who they look out for me because I remember the day you came to me and it was like, ma'am, you doing okay? Because you saw it in me because I wasn't necessarily completely what you were used to seeing as myself. Mm-hmm. And I felt comfortable enough with you right? because you know my heart to mm-hmm. say, no, I'm not good right now. And we can be human enough with each other right. um, to accept the help when it's being given to us and not be so a leader uh, that we're not vulnerable, that there are no cracks because then that, that makes our people think that they can't crack or show their cracks for, you know, be able to show their, their cracks or their vulnerabilities. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Thank you so much for that because people, especially people in leadership positions need to know it's okay to not be okay. And I know that's a term that has been going around lately, especially in light of COVID and all these different things, because we're human. And I remember I had some stuff going on. And he was like, uh, do you need the number to mental health? <laughs> but I appreciated that because and I always know that you have my best interest at heart, but you were giving me what I had gave you. Yes. And I think that's the beauty of the tribe as well, being able to Absolutely. reciprocate 
some of those things. And I'm glad that you added therapist to your tribe or counselor or what have you, because I call it the broke helping the broke, right? Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and I told my therapist that she's like, yeah, do you have friends? Because, you know, they ask you that question. Well, do you have anyone you can talk to? And I say, yeah, but they're just as broke as me. So (laughs) that's why I talk to you. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And, And it's important because they're third parties, you know, they have no vested interest interest in what's going on, but they they help you work through those things. Yes. So, and, and what I love though, is that, and I don't have any statistics, I'm just going off of my circles and people that I have interacted with, more people are going to seek medical attention, professional help, more women and men, because I'll be honest, my husband uses a therapist. He has counseling. He does those things because, you know, that's a stigma too. But what I love is now even more Black women Thank are you. using yes. therapy and counseling sessions and meditation and all those different things. Things that I know from when I was growing up. We did not. That was not talked about. No. You did not no. talk about anyone's mental health. You just knew someone right with Uncle So and So or Auntie right. whoever, and you just kept it moving. <laughs> and and let me add, and then as a woman, we had to be you strong. You're a yes. strong black woman. One, we pray, we take it to Jesus. That's where yes. we just, we take it, and it was like okay. And and oh, I'm so glad you said that because. I thought something was wrong with me because I'm like, wait, I'm not dealing with this well, but everybody else is. I'm not, I'm supposed to be just a strong one. So, Mm-mm. so what's wrong with me if no. I'm not able to handle this? Right. Right. And, and to get to that point now where we are normalizing this, where we are saying, Hey, let's do Hey, Even in the therapy world. I, I, and I think it was my therapist that said, you know, uh, the best therapists have a therapist. Like yes. they understand <laughs> how important it is to mm-hmm. be able to have that person that you can talk to. Um, and and now, oh my gosh, like within my tribe, I think all of us, like uh, I have one friend that she was like, hey, what nuggets did they drop this week? Like <laughs> <laughs> we sharing therapy stories. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or, and it is, and it's stuff that it is really good and it has helped so much it is it's it's nothing like being in that place of acceptance and and peace yeah yes (laughs) yeah and one thing i want to add to that i can tell there's a shift in the view in therapy and getting that help because i mentioned something to my mom who will be 61 tomorrow december 6th and i said something to her and she said Oh, baby, I'm so glad y'all are paying attention to this early. Oh. She said that. And I just, I was so overwhelmed with joy because it let me know that even she, mm. and you know, she grew up in a different time. Yep. Even And she's one of 12 children. So mm. just imagine the things that she's seen over the years and it, it, encounters and experiences and she was like, I'm glad you guys are looking into this early. So 
Yeah, it's beautiful. So for those of you listening, hey, (laughs) make the appointment, sis. (laughs) Um, And there are a lot of resources out there. I'll tell you all one that I have used personally. Um, You go to uh, psychologytoday.com. You can actually put in the zip code and um, they will pull up a list of local therapists in your office. It has, I mean, in your area, and it has all of their credentials, you know, their areas, what they specialize in. And keep in mind, because I know some of y'all are like, it's COVID, I'm not doing it. No, ma'am. They have telehealth now. (laughs) And I will tell you, the medical community has gotten hip to the game. They're using Google Duo. Mm -hmm. How do I know? Because I just had my appointment yesterday (laughs) on Google Duo. Um, And they have another website where you can do it uh, video chat. And then, of course, they do it telephonically. So just a little plug. It's okay, sis, or bro, to go out there and get that help that you need. Absolutely, (laughs) yes. So, man, that was good. (laughs) I would say, what was your biggest challenge as a leader? Um, I don't know. Do you want to kind of talk about leading through COVID? Oh my gosh. Um, yes. Okay. What has that been like for you? And, and two things that I really want to hit on is what did you learn about yourself as a leader during this time? And what was a part of your leadership style that you had to dig into during this time? Mm. (laughs) And then you can share whatever else you want to share. Um, so I will say this, uh, with COVID happening, and I think with all of us, I, not I think, I know with all of us that this has kind of pushed all of us to uh, the brink in some ways. Um, and, and definitely, is, I think it's been, it's been a roller coaster for most of us. Uh, I say that um, because we have been very blessed within our organization because there are a lot of people we know that have lost jobs, stopped jobs, uh, the kids, having the kids at home, um, doing things that uh, uh, we never thought that we would be doing. For us, it has been a blessing because we have been able to telework. Yes. Right? Um, So what I learned about myself really as a leader during this time is um, I had to switch it up. So going back from what I said earlier mm-hmm. of being that person not out front, uh, within my organization, I had to step out front mm. um, with some things. And I had to see some things. Well, I saw things that were missing and I had to use my voice more. Instead of mm. like, hey, let me push. I had to do a lot of pulling within my organization uh, and say, oops, this isn't getting done. Okay. Now I'll run with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had to be um, that assertive leader Mm -hmm. and in doing so um, my leadership ended up appreciating it a lot because having had 21 years of experience, I didn't just get here yesterday. I know the <laughs> right. things that need to be done. And it's so funny because one of my favorite 
quotes. Uh, it's one of the, and I don't know it exactly, but I know the premise of it. It comes from Michelle Obama when she's talking about uh, being in a room of leaders. And she said, hey, I've been in the G8 summits. I've been in, in, you know, in the UN. I've been at these places with all of these world leaders and all of these great leaders. I've been at the table. Mm-hmm. Trust me, they're not that smart. <laughs> and so I ended up right. finding that. I found myself in a place where COVID, because we were all at a place where things had not been done before. Mm-hmm. So guess what? You're sitting in a room with people scratching their heads going, how are we going to get this done? Right. And I had to go, I got an idea. And right. ready with it instead of going, okay. And I love the fact that we have a leader within that's over our organization that he was like, how do you guys think we should get like he listened mm-hmm. yes and i am so appreciative that i have um employees that i go oh we need to do this what do you got because we have done things that have never been done right. ever even in the midst of covid uh in the midst of standing up space force nobody's done it done this stuff before right so we are definitely it's been groundbreaking so um in that i ended up getting um, confidence in myself and, mm-hmm. and I really don't want to offend any of your male listeners when I say this, cause I'm mm-hmm. about to say something that I joke, I joke with my, um, female counterparts mm-hmm. this is that I said during this season, I've gotten the confidence of a mediocre man. And <laughs> yeah. they have a lot of confidence, you know, <laughs> and I'm joking because we have some great male leaders out there, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I think most of the women can appreciate and understand that because they're, whether some men have the experience, uh, whether they've done it before, you mm-hmm. can't tell them that they're not great and wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that's the difference between us is yeah. that usually with us as women, we, we kind of tip into a room yeah. where, and even if we are the ones with the most knowledge, we, we usually aren't comfortable in our own skin and in our own um, expertise. Right. Usually those who may not necessarily be the best, mm-hmm. they'll walk in. Um, and it's even statistically proven that they say men will apply for jobs that um, they said, I think it was like 60% at a rate that they know they've never, ever done before. Right. <laughs> they don't have the skill set, but it doesn't deter them from thinking, I can do this. Right. And I think that that is really important for us. Um, the other piece, uh, and I think the other part of your question of, of what I've done or what have I dug deep in, I think um, that goes back to what I know my strength is. And that is kind of, but it's been hard because you don't have people to be able to see them and, and do things. Uh, I'll use one example of, it does go back to knowing your people, even mm-hmm. as great and as strong as I know Shanika is, as strong as I knew X and X was, mm-hmm. I know this is a hard time. And being, uh, I, I liked it, you actually gave me the term for myself. You told me once, you said, you're such a humanizing leader. And I went, <laughs> oh, I like that. Um, it, and, and it's from being able to sit back and look and not just take things at face value, but understand that there's a lot of things going on beyond people that we may not see. 
And in this season, giving that grace, giving complete grace and not just going, hey, if you need anything, give me a call. It's been some cases where it was like, nope, I'm not going to wait for them to call. I'm right. going to call. And nope, I'm not going to wait for them to, to, to just call. I'm not just going to call. I need to show up. Yes. <laughs> and, and I say that because some people, you have children. I have, I, I, I have a child that mm-hmm. this hasn't been easy having kids and, and, and um, being able to navigate doing homework, schoolwork, everything also while doing your jobs. And let's, let's be real because we've done Zooms because that's how we've come together. Yes, and, um, you know, one of the things I like to do is say, hey, tell me something good that has happened during COVID. Yes. Tell me your challenge during COVID for all of us to communicate. And usually it's our male counterparts sometimes that have been like, oh, I've been able to get on a good exercise routine or this. <laughs> and then I have my, my young one who, uh, uh, another coworker who just had a baby and she's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm good to just be showing up, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it is understanding that everybody, um, somebody said it really good. Say, yep, we're all in the same storm, but we ain't all in the same boat. Right. And that's factual. Fact. So when you know somebody's in a different boat from you and you can help lighten their load, do that. So I'm, I'm really glad that as a leader, I have been able to do that. I have been able to, even those that said, no, I'm good, ma'am, I'm good. And, you know, especially other females going, I know you're good, but trust, just take the help. You, you don't have right. to be, we don't have to be superwoman all the time, all the time. All the time. And being able to go and assist each other, I think that's been the biggest blessing out of it. And for me as a leader, that's important because honestly, everybody else is doing the hard work. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> hey, where can I jump in and help? Right? right. So that 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 has been that's been huge. It, it is. I think it's important for again us to recognize. We're all in this COVID storm, but we're not all in the same boat. And when you know you have space, look, try to find someone that you know they may be having a harder time and see where you can um, lend your talents or your time to them. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Good old COVID, changing leadership one day at a time. (laughs) Yes. So, ma'am, for the sis listening right now who may be nervous about leadership, her leadership style, or maybe she's leading for the first time, what do you have to say to her? Um, this is what I will. This is what I will say because, um, and this was one of my philosophies, and it's actually mine. I, I, I took a. I used to take philosophies from everybody, just leaders' nuggets. Mm-hmm. I would lead. I would leave them with this. Bring your own shoes. Mm. So I, I I have to to tell this because this is something that um happened to me years ago. I had literally the most intimidating boss 
on base. Like everybody was afraid of him mm-hmm. and I was going to be going to work for him. And I was terrified. Everybody was terrified. And the person who I was replacing, I knew he had long hours. I knew he came in early. And every time I saw this guy, I thought he was going to have a mental breakdown. So I was afraid, you know, to go and replace this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I met with my boss for the first time, very big, intimidating gentleman, uh, one of the best bosses I have, I said that afterwards, because once you come out of a storm, you can appreciate the right. storm <laughs> at the time. It wasn't. But um, while I was sitting there, uh, he told me about the gentleman that I was replacing. And the first thing he said was, you got big shoes to fill. You got big shoes to fill. Mm-mm. He did this, 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 and this. And I was like, okay. I mean, what do you say to that? And I think we've all heard that. We've all been told. Yeah. Before. And, and in the past, what I thought was is that, okay, really they're, they're, they're trying to compliment the other person in most cases, but it's also an intimidation tactic. Like right. you got big shoes to fill. And when you hear that, it's, it's different when you know you're coming behind a, a really mediocre person because it's like, oh, okay, phew, I get to clean up some <laughs> stuff. But when you're told, oh, you're coming behind somebody, great. <laughs> so right. you got to feel these shoes and everything. So in the midst of that, he said that to me several more times. And I don't know, uh, I guess this is when I started to find my voice. I finally <laughs> said, sir, um, with all due respect, uh, and we all know that when you say with all due respect, you can say whatever you want. After <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No. But, but I found that inner Tommy that I yeah. now, that's completely out. But at that time, she was still <laughs> But I found that inner Tommy and I said, sir, with all due respect, I brought my own shoes. And he, I remember he looked at me for, this is the one and only time, the entire two years I worked for him that he was speechless. And he said, excuse me? I said, sir, I'm not trying to fill anybody else's shoes. I brought my own shoes. Um, Mm. And he looked at me, he said, what do you mean? I said, I know he did a great job, but you're going to find I'm going to do a great job, but I'm not going to do it exactly the way he did it. Mm. I'll do it the way Tommy does it. And you are going to be extremely happy with what I produce. And and we we had a good relationship. I remember he looked at me, just kind of <laughs> nodded and he walked off. So that was my first test. So after that, that was something I always, always, that was one of my philosophies when I was in command, I always told my people, bring your own shoes. Mm. Uh, meaning you do not have to ever try to um, feel anyone else's um anyone else's shoes do anything like anybody else does that you can blaze your own path you can do it and you can get it done uh in such a way that you set the example like don't ever feel so intimidated or think that a job is so hard that you aren't equipped to do it you just have to have that trust and faith in yourself, in your own abilities. And again, it's so important to know what your style is. Don't try to, um, it's good to emulate and to take people and and watch them and mm-hmm. take the nuggets they give you, but you gotta make sure you know what makes you work and how to get the best out of yourself. Yes. So, um, I, I think I would definitely want to leave 
each of us with that because we all have talents. We yes. absolutely have talents. And I think it's so important to hone the talents you have and what you feel like, mm, I'm not really good at that. Like I know the things that Shanika is good at. So let me pipe into her talent because mm -hmm. I need this right now. So yes. that goes back to what you said. It goes back to communication. It goes back to networking. Mm -hmm. It goes back to knowing where you can get the things that you need, but also being able to lend your talents to others and to the team or to whatever it is that you're working on. We are all equipped to do the jobs or the positions or whatever calling we have on our lives. Everything has already been put in us. We just got to hone it. That's it. <laughs> Thank you so much for that, ma'am. Oh man, those are some, some jewels. Bring your own shoes, boots, stilettos. Yes, shades. thank you. Red bottoms, if you got those. <laughs> Birkenstocks, whatever you want to wear. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh man, thank you. That that was very um, inspiring to hear because we do get told that, and I remember someone telling me that one time, and I just and and I think it irritated me more that it was a woman saying it to another woman. Mm. And I I just looked at her and I said, well, no, ma'am, I'm not trying to do that. And you know, ma'am, you know my face. Yeah, <laughs> uh, with, no, that's, that's not going to happen. So uh, yeah, that's very important. So ma'am, as you know, it's always a pleasure to sit and talk with you. And I'm so grateful you took the time out on this beautiful texas saturday morning yes. <laughs> thank you for inviting me i do i appreciate it you know i didn't want to do it at first but i i i, I knew yeah it would be good talking with you uh, thank you so i enjoyed listening you know um to your leadership journey and we talk often so i really just wanted others to hear your journey and how you have overcome some things how you were able to use your voice and how you have been human through it all mm -hmm. and that it's okay to be a human and still lead and take care of people so before we wrap up do you have any resources that you would like to share you know maybe some book or a website or you know maybe some inspirational or motivational speakers that um you like to listen to that have helped you along your leadership journey um yes just a couple and i think i already mentioned one uh, again being a very introspective person i think it's so important for us to know us uh so one of my favorite books is um uh, and it's the second of a first book, but I didn't read the first one. Uh, the first one was Breaking All the Rules. The second one was um, The Strength Finder. Um, mm -hmm. Now, Discover Your Strengths. I really like um, Bren Brown. Uh, I, I really enjoy her. Uh, I think that um, any, and I think most people do this as well. Um, I think it's important for any of the um any of uh, the personality type tests, you know, with okay. knowing if you're an ITPN or F, uh, 
I think those are really important. And even the ones, uh, I think it's important probably to even go in if possible and have um, maybe your subordinates or your employees even do them because mm-hmm. that, that's, that's not only does it help them know who they are, but then it also gives you some insight into who they are as well. So um, I really like, I really like, uh, like Max Lucado, Uh, I'm a spiritual person. So I like to listen to um, a lot of uh, um, spiritual leaders as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, John Maxwell is also really good. So, and, and I don't think that those are any, any leaders that, that uh, is probably unknown to a lot of people. And yes, I guess my final one I would probably add is also uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes. He has a lot of leadership books also. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that, ma'am. So y'all heard some of those resources. Um, I will also make sure that they are um, presented on the She Speaks website at thesheSpeaks.com. So with that, dope souls, I hope you can walk away with some jewels for your crown, you know, some hot sauce for your leadership bag, <laughs> or some tools for your toolkit. Um, as always, Colonel Grant, uh, Tommy, thank you again for coming on the show. Um, like I said, I really appreciate it. I just I can't put into words how much I appreciate you as a leader, as a sounding board, as a part of my tribe, (laughs) and just you being authentically and unapologetically you. Well, with that, um... and ditto, let me add ditto. <laughs> I appreciate you so much in the same ways. Thank you. Thank you for being my sister. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right, Dope Soul Crew, go for us. Be great, be authentic, and unapologetic in your leadership. Hey sis, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to She Leads. If you have any discussion topic ideas or would like a response to questions that you have about the workplace, please feel free to send me an email at thesheSpeaks at gmail.com. And if you are a faithful Anchor user, you can also leave a message on the podcast. I look forward to hearing from you.